Section 34 of The Letters of Mark Twain Complete. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. The Letters of Mark Twain Complete by Mark Twain. Volume 4, Chapter 32. Letters 1892 chiefly to Mr. Hall and Mrs. Crane in Berlin. Mentone, Bad Nauheim, Florence. Mark Twain was the notable literary figure in Berlin that winter, the center of every great gathering. He was entertained by the Kaiser and shown many special attentions by Germans of every rank. His books were as well known in Berlin as in New York, and at court assemblies and embassies, he was always a chief center of interest. He was too popular for his own good. The gaiety of the capital told on him. Finally, one night, after delivering a lecture in a hot room, he contracted a severe cold, driving to a ball at General von Versen's, and a few days later was confined to his bed with pneumonia. It was not a severe attack, but it was long continued. He could write some letters and even work a little, but he was not allowed to leave his bed for many weeks, a condition which he did not find a hardship, for no man ever enjoyed the loose luxury of undress and the comfort of pillows more than Mark Twain. In a memorandum of that time he wrote, I am having a booming time all to myself. Meantime, Hall in America was sending favorable reports of the publishing business, and this naturally helped to keep up his spirits. He wrote frequently to Hall, of course, but the letters, for the most part, are purely of a business nature and of little interest to the general reader. To Fred J. Hall in New York Hotel Royale, Berlin, February 12 Dear Mr. Hall, Daly wants to get the stage rights of the American claimant. The foundation from which I wrote the story is a play of the same name which has been in A. P. Burbank's hands five or six years. That play cost me some money, helping Burbank stage it, but has never brought me any. I have written Burbank, Lotto's Club, and asked him to give me back his rights in the old play so that I can treat with Daly and utilize this chance to even myself up. Burbank is a lovely fellow and if he objects, I can't urge him. But you run in at the lottos and see him, and if he relinquishes his claim, then I would like you to conduct the business with Daly, or have Whitford or some other lawyer do it under your supervision, if you prefer. This morning I seem to have rheumatism in my right foot. I am ordered south by the doctor, and shall expect to be well enough to start by the end of this month. No signature. It is curious, after Clemens and Howells had tried so hard and so long to place their seller's play, that now, when the story appeared in book form, Augustine Daly should have thought it worth dramatizing. Daly and Clemens were old friends, and it would seem that Daly could hardly have escaped seeing the play when it was going the rounds. But perhaps there is nothing more mysterious in the world than the ways and wants of theatrical managers. The matter came to nothing, of course, 
but the fact that daly should have thought a story built from an old discarded play had a play in it seems interesting clemens and his wife were advised to leave the cold of berlin as soon as he was able to travel this was not until the first of march when taking their old courier joseph Verry, they left the children in good hands and journeyed to the south of france to susie clemens in berlin mentone march twenty two ninety two susie dear i have been delighted to note your easy facility with your pen and proud to note also your literary superiorities of one kind and another clearness of statement directness felicity of expression photographic ability in setting forth an incident style good style no barnacles on it in the way of unnecessary retarding words the shipman scrapes off the barnacles when he wants his racer to go her best gait and straight to the buoy you should write a letter every day long or short and so ought i but i don't mamma says tell clara yes she will have to write a note if the fan comes back mended we couldn't go to nice today had to give it up on various accounts and this was the last chance i'm sorry for mamma i wish you could have gone she got a heavy fall yesterday evening and was pretty stiff and lame this morning but is working it off trunk packing joseph is gone to nice to educate himself in kodakin and to get the pictures mounted which mamma thinks she took here but i noticed she didn't take the plug out as a rule when she did she took nine pictures on top of each other composites with lots of love papa in the course of their italian wanderings they reached florence where they were so comfortable and well that they decided to engage a villa for the next winter through professor willard fiske they discovered the villa viviani near settignano an old palace beautifully located on the hilltops east of florence commanding a wonderful view of the ancient city clemens felt that he could work there and time proved that he was right for the summer however they returned to germany and located at bad nauheim clemens presently decided to make a trip to america to give some personal attention to business matters for one thing his publishing house in spite of prosperity seemed constantly to be requiring more capital and then a chicago company had been persuaded by page to undertake the manufacture of the typesetter it was the beginning of a series of feverish trips which he would make back and forth across the ocean during the next two years to fred j hall in new york bad nauheim june eleven ninety two saturday dear mr hall if this arrives before i do let it inform you that i'm leaving bremen for new york next tuesday in the hovel if you can meet me when the ship arrives you can help me to get away from the reporters and maybe you can take me to your own or some other lodgings where they can't find me but if the hour is too early or too late for you i shall obscure myself somewhere till i can come to the office yours sincerely s l c nothing of importance happened in america 
the new page company had a factory started in chicago and expected to manufacture fifty machines as a beginning they claimed to have capital or to be able to command it and as the main control had passed from clemens's hands he could do no more than look over the ground and hope for the best as for the business about all that he could do was to sign certain notes necessary to provide such additional capital as was needed and agree with hall that hereafter they would concentrate their efforts and resist further temptation in the way of new enterprise then he returned to bad nauheim and settled down to literature this was the middle of july and he must have worked pretty steadily for he presently had a variety of manuscripts ready to offer to fred j hall in new york august ten ninety two dear mr hall i have dropped that novel i wrote you about because i saw a more effective way of using the main episode to wit by telling it through the lips of huck finn so i have started huck finn and tom sawyer still fifteen years old and their friend the freed slave jim around the world in a stray balloon with huck as narrator and somewhere after the end of that great voyage he will work in the said episode and then nobody will suspect that a whole book has been written and the globe circumnavigated merely to get that episode in an effective and at the same time apparently unintentional way i have written twelve thousand words of this narrative and find that the humor flows as easily as the adventures and surprises so i shall go along and make a book of from fifty thousand to one hundred thousand words it is a story for boys of course and i think will interest any boy between eight years and eighty when i was in new york the other day mrs dodge editor of st nicholas wrote and offered me five thousand dollars for sarah right a story for boys fifty thousand words long i wrote back and declined for i had other matter in my mind then i conceive that the right way to write a story for boys is to write so that it will not only interest boys but will also strongly interest any man who has ever been a boy that immensely enlarges the audience now this story doesn't need to be restricted to a child's magazine it is proper enough for any magazine i should think or for a syndicate i don't swear it but i think so proposed title of the story new adventures of huckleberry finn no signature the novel mentioned in the foregoing was the extraordinary twins a story from which puddin'head wilson would be evolved later it was a wildly extravagant farce just the sort of thing that now and then mark twain plunged into with an enthusiasm that had to work itself out and die a natural death or mellow into something worth while tom sawyer abroad as the new huck story was finally called was completed and disposed of to st nicholas for serial publication the twitchells were in europe that summer and came to bad nauheim the next letter records a pleasant incident the prince of wales of that day later became king edward the seventh to mr and mrs orion clemens in keokuk iowa private bad nauheim august twenty three ninety two dear orion and molly 
private because no newspaper man or other gossip must get hold of it. Livy is getting along pretty well, and the doctor thinks another summer here will cure her. The Twitchers have been here four days, and we have had good times with them. Joe and I ran over to Hamburg, the great pleasure resort, Saturday, to dine with some friends, and in the morning I went walking in the promenade and met the British ambassador to the court of Berlin, and he introduced me to the Prince of Wales, and I found him a most unusually comfortable and unembarrassing Englishman to talk with, quick to see the obscurest point, and equipped with a laugh which is spontaneous and catching am invited by a near friend of his to meet him at dinner day after tomorrow, and there could be a good time, but the brass band will smash the talk and spoil everything. We are expecting to move to Florence ten or twelve days hence, but if this hot weather continues we shall wait for cooler. I take Clara to Berlin for the winter music, mainly with German and French added. Thus far, Jean is our only glib French scholar. We all send love to you all, and to Pamela and Sam's family, and Annie, Sam. Clemens and family left Bad Nauheim for Italy by way of Switzerland. In September, Mrs. Clemens's sister, Mrs. Crane, who had been with them in Europe during the first year, had now returned to America. Mrs. Clemens had improved at the baths though she had by no means recovered her health. We get a general report of conditions from the letter which Clemens wrote Mrs. Crane from Lucerne, Switzerland, where the party rested for several days. The Phelps mentioned in this letter was William Walter Phelps, United States Minister to Germany. The Phelps and Clemens families had been much associated in Berlin. Mason was Frank Mason, Consul General at Frankfurt, and in later years at Paris. Charlie and Ida were Charles and Mrs. Langdon of Elmira. To Mrs. Crane in Elmira, New York, Lucerne, September 1892. Dear Aunt Sue, Imagine how I felt to find that you had actually gone off without filling my traveling inkstand which you gave me. I found it out yesterday. Livy advised me to write you about it. I have been driving this pen hard. I wrote 280 pages on a yarn called Tom Sawyer Abroad, then took up the twins again, destroyed the last half of the manuscript, and rewrote it in another form, and am going to continue it and finish it in Florence. Tom Sawyer seems rather pale to the family after the extravagances of the twins, but they came to like it after they got used to it. We remained in Nauheim a little too long. If we had left there four or five days earlier, we should have made Florence in three days. But by the time we got started, Livy had got smitten with what we feared might be erysipelas, greatly swollen neck and face, and unceasing headaches. We lay idle in Frankfurt four days, doctoring. We started Thursday and made bail. Hard trip, because it was one of those trains that gets tired every seven minutes and stops to rest three-quarters of an hour. It took us three and a half hours to get here, 
instead of the regulation two hours twenty minutes we reached here friday evening and will leave tomorrow tuesday morning the rest has made the headaches better we shall pull through to milan tomorrow if possible next day we shall start at ten a m and try to make bologna five hours next day thursday florence d v next year we will walk for these excursions have got to be made over again i've got seven trunks and i undertook to be courier because i meant to express them to florence direct but we were a couple of days too late all continental roads had issued a peremptory order that no baggage should travel a mile except in the company of the owner all over europe people are howling they are separated from their baggage and can't get it forwarded to them i have to reship my trunks every day it is very amusing uncommonly so there seemed grave doubts about our being able to get these trunks over the italian frontier but i've got a very handsome note from the frankfurt italian consul general addressed to all italian customs officers and we shall get through if anybody does the phelpses came to frankfurt and we had some great times dinner at his hotel the masons supper at our inn livy not in it she was merely allowed a glimpse no more of course phelps said she was merely pretending to be ill was never looking so well and fine the children are all right they paddle around a little and drive so do we all lucerne seems to be pretty full of tourists the flulin boat went out crowded yesterday morning the paris herald has created a public interest in inoculating one of its correspondents with cholera a man said yesterday he wished to god they would inoculate all of them yes the interest is quite general and strong and much hope is felt livy says i have said enough bad things and better send all our loves to you and charlie and ida and all the children and shut up which i do and shut up s l c they reached florence on the twenty sixth and four days later we find clemens writing again to mrs crane detailing everything at length little comment on this letter is required it fully explains itself perhaps a word of description from one of his memoranda will not be out of place of the villa he wrote it is a plain square building like a box and is painted light green and has green window shutters it stands in a commanding position on the artificial terrace of liberal dimensions which is walled around with masonry from the walls the vineyards and olive groves of the estate slant away toward the valley roses overflow the retaining walls and the battered and mossy stone urn on the gate-post in pink and yellow cataracts exactly as they do on the drop curtains in the theatres the house is a very fortress for strength the mrs ross in this letter was janet ross daughter of lady duff gordon remembered to-day for her egyptian letters the ross castle was but a little distance away to mrs crane in elmira 
Villa Viviani, Settignano, Florence, September 30, 1892. Dear Sue, We have been in the house several days, and certainly it is a beautiful place, particularly at this moment, when the skies are a deep leaden color, the domes of Florence dim in the drizzling rain, and occasional perpendicular coils of lightning quivering intensely in the black sky about Galileo's tower. It is a charming panorama, and the most conspicuous towers and domes down in the city look today just as they looked when Boccaccio and Dante used to contemplate them from this hillock five and six hundred years ago. The Mademoiselle is a great help to Livy in the housekeeping, and is a cheery and cheerful presence in the house. The butler is equipped with a little French, and it is this fact that enables the house to go. But it won't go well until the family get some sort of facility with the Italian tongue, for the cook, the woman of all work, and the coachman understand only that. It is a stubborn and devilish language to learn, but Jean and the others will master it. Livy's German Nauheim girl is the worst off of anybody as there is no market for her tongue at all among the help. With the furniture in, and the curtains up, the house is very pretty, and not unhomelike. At midnight last night we heard screams upstairs. Susie had set the lofty window curtains afire with a candle. This sounds kind of frightful, whereas when you come to think of it, a burning curtain or pile of furniture hasn't any element of danger about it in this fortress. There isn't any conceivable way to burn this house down, or enable a conflagration on one floor to climb to the next. Mrs. Ross laid in our wood, wine, and servants for us, and they are excellent. She had the house scoured from cellar to rook, the curtains washed and put up, all beds pulled to pieces, beaten, washed, and put together again, and beguiled the Marquise into putting a big porcelain stove in the vast central hall. She is a wonderful woman, and we don't quite see how or when we should have gotten under way without her. Observe our address above. The post delivers letters daily at the house. Even with the work and fuss of settling the house, Livy has improved, and the best is yet to come. There's going to be absolute seclusion here, a hermit life, in fact. We, the rest of us, shall run over to the Rosses frequently, and they will come here now and then and see Livy. That is all. Mr. Fisk is away, nobody knows where, and the work on his house has been stopped and his servants discharged. Therefore, we shall merely go Rossin, as far as society is concerned, shan't circulate in Florence until Livy shall be well enough to take a share in it. This present house is modern. It is not much more than two centuries old, but parts of it, and also its foundations, are of high antiquity. The fine, beautiful family portraits, the great carved ones in the large ovals over the doors of the big hall, carry one well back into the past. One of them is dated 1305, he could have known Dante, you see. Another is dated 1343. He could have known Boccaccio and spent his afternoons in Fiesoli, listening to the Decameron tales. 
another is dated 1463. He could have met Columbus. Evening. The storm thundered away until night, and the rain came down in floods. For a while there was a partial break, which furnished about such a sunset as will be exhibited when the last day comes, and the universe tumbles together in wreck and ruin. I have never seen anything more spectacular and impressive. One person is satisfied with the villa anyway. Jean prefers it to all Europe, save Venice. Jean is eager to get at the Italian tongue again, now, and I see that she has forgotten little or nothing of what she learned of it in Rome and Venice last spring. I am the head French duffer of the family. Most of the talk goes over my head at the table. I catch only words, not phrases. When Italian comes to be substituted, I shall be even worse off than I am now, I suppose. This reminds me that this evening the German girl said to Livy, Man hat mir gesagt los sie una candela verlauft habe. Unconsciously dropping in a couple of Italian words, you see. So she is going to join the polyglots, too, it appears. They say it is good entertainment to hear her and the butler talk together in their respective tongues, piecing out and patching up with the universal sign language as they go along. Five languages in use in the house, including the sign language, hardest worked of them all. And yet with all this opulence of resource, we do seem to have an uncommonly tough time making ourselves understood. What we lack is a cat. If we only had Germania, that was the most satisfactory all-round cat I have seen yet. Totally ungermanic in the raciness of his character and in the sparkle of his mind and the spontaneity of his movements. We shall not look upon his like again. S.L.C. Clemens got well settled down to work presently. He found the situation, the climate, the background entirely suited to literary production, and in a little while he had accomplished more than at any other time since his arrival in Europe. From letters to Mrs. Crane and to Mr. Hall, we learn something of his employments and his satisfaction. To Mrs. Crane in Elmira, Villa Viviani, Settignano, Florence, October 22, 92. Dear Sue, we are getting wanted. The open fires have driven away the cold and the doubt, and now a cheery spirit pervades the place. Livy and the Kings and Mademoiselle, having been taking their tea a number of times lately, on the open terrace, with the city and the hills and the sunset for company. I stop work a few minutes, as a rule, when the sun gets down to the hilltops west of Florence, and join the tea group to wander and exclaim. There is always some new miracle in the view, a new and exquisite variation in the show a variation which occurs every fifteen minutes between dawn and night. Once, early in the morning, a multitude of white villas not before perceived revealed themselves on the far hills. Then we recognize that all those great hills are snowed thick with them, clear to the summit. The variety of lovely effects, the infinitude of change, 
is something not to be believed by any who has not seen it no view that i am acquainted with in the world is at all comparable to this for delicacy charm exquisiteness dainty colouring and bewildering rapidity of change it keeps a person drunk with pleasure all the time sometimes florence ceases to be substantial and becomes just a faint soft dream with domes and towers of air and one is persuaded that he might blow it away with a puff of his breath livy is progressing admirably this is just the right place for remainder missing to fred j hall in new york december twelfth ninety two dear mr hall november check received i have lent the californian's story to arthur stedman for his author club book so your suggestion that my new spring book bear that name arrives too late as he probably would not want us to use that store in a book of ours until the author book had had its run that is for him to decide and i don't want him hampered at all in his decision i for my part prefer the one million dollar banknote and other stories by mark twain as a title but above my judgment i prefer yours i mean this it is not taffy i told arthur to leave out the former squib or paragraph and use only the californian story tell him this is because i am going to use that in the book i am now writing i finished those extraordinary twins night before last makes sixty or eighty thousand words haven't counted the last third of it suits me to a dot i begin today to entirely recast and rewrite the first two thirds new plan with two minor characters made very prominent one major character cropped out and the twins subordinated to a minor but not insignificant place the minor character will now become the chiefest and i will name the story after him puddin'head wilson merry christmas to you and great prosperity and felicity s l clemens end of section thirty four recording by james k white chula vista